Hey, what's going on? Um, so, name of the, this podcast is Bringing Noise. Um, the name actually came from the song Bringing Noise that um, was collaborated by uh, one of my favorite rap groups, which was Public Enemy and Anthrax. Um, it was one of the purest forms of bringing together rap and um metal and it was one of the earliest early stages i think it came out like 93 or some great shit like that so but anyway that's kind of unimportant but uh things i want to talk about are actually really important I want to talk to you guys about mental health. My mental health, mental health in general. Um, So, I've recorded three episodes. Um, Last week, uh, me and my boy, Big Black, um, good dude, great dude, we spent about two hours talking about these riots, these looting, the message that everybody was sending through their actions, and it was really, really heavy, and um, unfortunately didn't post, it was, it was great, um, Norman, I love you, like, you're the man, but it didn't, it didn't stick, um, the episode dropped. And unfortunately, um, there's no record of it. But me and Norm are we're already planning to do another episode this week. Um, I want to do about three episodes this week. I think um, just gonna kind of spread it out. So. But if you listen to the first episode and you listen to this episode, the first thing you will notice is that chances are, um, is I've been drinking. I'm a drinker. And the reason why I drink is because I struggle with anxiety. And I'm in the process of hopefully, um, not drinking, getting over, um, because this is an addiction, and it's something that I've struggled with since I was 16 years old, and really the basis of all of it is mental health, you know, we... People struggle with their self-worth. And it's not, it's hard to explain. But one of the greatest analogies that I ever heard um, about depression, which is one of the things that I suffer from, is... You're in a pool drowning, 
and everybody you know is on the edge of the pool and they're watching. And that's true because you walk through a fog. And depression sucks. It's tough. You go and you're in a situation, you find no value in the situation that you're in. Um, you find no joy in anything. Um, and it's tough. Especially if you got family, but with family, <clears throat> you can at least have a conversation. But when you're by yourself and it's just you and you're the one who's struggling with it and you have nowhere to turn, nobody to talk to, um, it becomes a bigger issue. And... You feel like you have to carry the burden onto your shoulders. And in many ways, you do. You have to figure it out. Because you can't explain it. It's not something that you can explain. You know, um, you tell somebody, hey man, I'm depressed. And instantaneously, the first question is, why are you depressed? What did I do wrong? And it's not anything that anybody does or anybody says or anybody is. It's not that. There's a detachment that happens. And the more you struggle with it, the more the more you struggle to, to bridge that gap of uh, detachment. Um, the more you start questioning yourself. So, it's very... It doesn't function. It, it, it doesn't make sense. I can tell you, I've dealt with this for years, and the problem is that when you start looking at things that way, you start finding things wrong that are with you. And those things that you quote-unquote find that are wrong with you are the things that make you who you are. Chances are you're humble. Chances are you listen. Because you're looking for the same thing. It's a mirror effect. You want somebody to hear you. You want somebody to look at you and say, hey man, I'm here for you. So you're looking for that. And it's not always the case, but because some people just are so self-focused, but if they're not and they're looking for answers the same way as the rest of us are. They're typically extremely humble. Um, they're just looking for you to say, hey man, it's okay. So depression sucks, right? It's constant. It's, 
I mean, for lack of a better word, it's a disease, you know, and there's no cure for it. There's nothing you can do, nothing you can say. It's something that the individual has to work through, and I've been working on it, and uh, it's little by little. It's a lonely journey. It really is lonely because you fear exposing yourself and showing that you're vulnerable so you want to take on this whole thing on your own and the people around you may not understand they are always going to look to place blame on themselves so communication is key you have to talk about it. You have to have a conversation about what you're going through, where you're at, what your thought process is, what are you thinking, what's brought you to this place, you know, and create this dialogue. And throughout creating this dialogue, it creates a bridge to where you really pull in your loved ones and they kind of understand where you're coming from. And that is life-saving. Because the problem with depression, again, is it's not the fact that you're sad. It's not the fact that you're, um, you know, having a dispute with anybody. 90% of the time when you're depressed, you're, you feel alone. You're by yourself. And you try to battle through it. But you try to battle through it by yourself. It's always knee knee jerk reaction is to uh, battle through it by yourself. And you will never win that way. It doesn't make you a stronger person because you stood up against it and you fought it on your own it doesn't make you a better person it doesn't what actually makes you a bigger person is the fact that you can have conversation with your loved ones that's that's a big blow to the ego and creation dialogue and letting somebody in it it really it really means something and that's the truth And, uh, anxiety. <laughs> Sorry, I had to take a breath. Um, it's weird. I talk about all this crazy shit and what the thought process is, and I go from place to place and everything else, and. Said, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. I drink for this reason is you want to numb it out, but that's where the realization came in that I couldn't do it anymore. And that I had to figure this out. I had to let it out. That's because 
holding it in means nothing. Anxiety is trippy. Because part of what helped me with depression was to become a lot more social. Talk to people. Let them know what I was having the issue. Lean on them a little bit. But the key component was conversation. It was dialogue. It was creating dialogue with people that maybe you just met, but you had a gut feeling they were good people, you know, and you leaned on them and you told them what you were going through and they told you what you were going through. So it was a lot of unknowns. Um, the weird thing with anxiety is you could be as comfortable as fuck. You could be the most outspoken individual. You could be a social fucking butterfly. But the moment you get into a, into a situation of unknown, you don't know how to control it. You feel fear, um, which most people do. You feel anger because you feel like you're in danger. Um, you know, and it's completely unrational. There's no rhyme or reason to it. Um, why am I losing my shit when there's a 70, 80 year old lady that's in my close proximity? It makes no sense. It doesn't. But what I found that worked for me um, is staying busy, um, whether it's going to the gym every single day, working out the anxiety, whether it's um, preparing myself, or whether it's I'm in the middle of the store and you know, um, whoever's at the store with me, I'll tell them, like, hey, like, I'm having a rough time. But a lot of it is involvement. Um, anxiety and depression are a weird thing. The moment there's stillness, you start thinking about shit. On the depression side, you obviously get depressed. On the anxiety side, you get worked up. And, uh, it's a balance of that, you know. And, you know, it just, it's something, I think the key component for, for both issues is, communication you have to be able to talk to somebody you can't keep it to yourself you can't play that fucking game that game is fucking garbage it serves nothing you're not 
bigger, I am man, I am woman, hear me roar. None of that bullshit matters. It doesn't. You need to reach out. Strength in numbers, strength in communication. You always have to reach out. You always have to be able to have a conversation. The moment that you stop, there's one of two things that's going to happen. You're going to fall victim to your depression or your anxiety. Or number two, you're going to be looked at as a total dick. Nobody wins. And that's the truth. Nobody wins. It sucks. But. It's something I want to get off my chest. Again. Because. It's technically my second podcast. And. I can't do it. Sober. I really can't. Um, I think too much, I catch myself too much, I, I can't put a free thought out there, and I'm gonna work on it, and I'm gonna get through it, but, as of right now, I mean, it just is what it is. Alright, so, another thought, um... As everybody knows, the sports are at a pause. Baseball is possibly looking at restarting. Um, NHL, I believe they spend their season. Um, boxing's looking at getting started again, but I think it's going to be a really, really... Um, I think they're going to catch a lot of hurdles. So the UFC has been the only thing out. And here's the thing with the UFC. Right. So I've been watching shit since UFC 1. I watched it all the way through. And over the course of the last couple of years, I have, um, I have really strongly disagreed with Dana White. He's. And you know what man. I love my Bostonian guys. Man but he's straight from Boston. Hard hitting. Talking shit. Just. A ridiculous human being. He. Some people will say that he's cocky. And maybe he is. I mean. Dude's. I mean, he just signed like a $450 million contract, right? So maybe he's cocky. Maybe he's arrogant. But <clears throat> I think with Dana White is he's always put his love into the sport. So a couple of weeks ago, uh, a bunch of fighters came out. John Jones was one of them. Uh, Jorge Masvidal was another one. Um... Henry Cejudo was another one. And they were uh, complaining about their pay. And when this initially came out, John Jones wanted to go and he wanted to get paid more to fight in heavyweight division because the risk was higher. Okay. Makes sense. Right? Numbers weren't really released. Um, 
there's a lot of rumors about what kind of numbers they were coming through. Uh, they were definitely nowhere near the $30 million that Dana White um, said that Jones was asking for. But, I mean, there was definitely an increase. Um, we're looking at uh, probably 30 to 50% increase, right? <clears throat> then Jorge Masvidal came. Um, oh, I mean, they came out about the same time. Jorge Masvidal said, Hey, man, you guys want me to go and fight Usman, uh, which I'm fine with, but they're looking to pay me less money than um, they paid me for a fake title to fight Usman for a, legit, a legitimate title. Title, Jesus Christ. Stuttering is fun. Anyway, um, so that kind of put up a weird red flag. I was like, man, like, that makes sense. You know, and Dana came out and he was like, look, man, I'm not paying any of my fighters less. Um, we're in the middle of COVID. I'm not um, underpaying, you know, any of my staff. I'm not cutting their pay. I'm not laying anybody off. Everybody's getting paid the same amount, um, you know, and more or less, like, we're going to do business as usual. And there was a little bit of a disconnect. I was just like, you know, like, what the fuck is going on? Like, why is... You know, why is Dana coming out and saying this shit? But, you know, these fighters are coming out and saying the other thing, right? So, I'm not 100% sure about John Jones. I don't know. Um, the numbers of, as far as their negotiation or... Um, They haven't been released. But, at the same time, Jorge Masvidal, um, it was announced within the last week um, that at the 11th hour, Dana White came forward and he said, hey, I'm going to pay you the same amount as what you made fight Nate Diaz to fight Usman. And Jorge turned it down. He wanted more money. Here's my thing. And I am a Jorge Masvidal fan. I have been. I've been been a fan of his since Bulldog. Um, I've watched him do the Bulldog thing, go through Strike Force, go through Bellator, make it to the UFC. I was hoping he was going to do great. Man, the motherfucker got screwed on a bunch of split decisions. Um, finally, he was just like, fuck it. I listened to a podcast with Chael Sonnen earlier today. He brought up a really important point. 
this is the moment that you're going to burn the hottest. There's two names that everybody in MMA is talking about right now. Slowly starting to die down, but as of right now, there's two names that everybody talks about. Diaz Brothers, Masvidal. If you let your name cool off, it's not going to matter. You're never going to make more money than you make right now. You take this fight. I get it. You want to get paid. I understand. But you also have to look at yourself as a brand. You have to put yourself out there. And you're not doing that right now. These YouTube videos and everything else that you do, that's great. But everybody wants to see you fight. You need to step up and you need to fight right now. Imagine if you fight Usman and you beat him and you hold the BMF title and the middleweight title or waterweight title. I'm sorry. At that point, you can go into the negotiation table and say, I am the champ. This is what I want. That's the end of the conversation. You can go and you hold all chips to negotiate. Right now, you don't. It sucks. You've done what you could. But if you want to go and you want to boost up your value... You should have jumped up in this fight. Now Burns is fighting Usman. That's not an exciting fight, man. You draw big numbers. Who the fuck are you going to fight, dude? You have one. You have two choices. Two. I'm sorry. You don't have one. You have two. You either do a BMF rematch against Nate Diaz. Nick's not coming back, so that's off the table. For number two, you fight Conor McGregor. Let's just say you lose that fight. Where do you go from there? You had an opportunity to become a champion. When you fought in Strike Force, I really thought. That was it. Every single time you came out to the championship fight, something went wrong. You have a moment right now to set this bar on your career. You're 35 years old, bro. Usman is not a favorable match. Usman is a wrestler. He's a hold-down wrestler your takedown defense is pretty good but realistically it's going to be a real big struggle if Usman goes in to that fight and wrestle fucks you you're probably in trouble but there is that possibility and 
if you were to get it done, if you were to somehow figure out how to beat them, how to hold them off you, and beat them, it's 100% in a spectacular fashion. There's, there's zero percentage that you're going to beat them in a boring fashion. You're not. Because he's going to wrestle fuck you the whole time. That's all he's going to do. He's going to wrestle you, wrestle you, wrestle you. So unless you catch him with a punch, with a kick, with a knee, whatever the case may be. But it's going to be in a spectacular fashion. And all of a sudden, your legend grows. You missed an opportunity, bro. I get where you're coming from, but you missed an opportunity. And that's the truth. Yeah. I was also looking at the um, the fight between uh, Khabib and Justin Gaethje. Um, it's funny. For a long time, I thought that the only fighter that could beat Khabib was Ferguson. And it was only because of his work off his back. And we all knew there was going to be a lot of takedowns. And... I thought to myself, like, man, like, you take down somebody like Tony. Tony strikes from the, strikes from his back. He throws elbows. He throws submissions up. It's going to be real busy. Um, he may wear a Khabib. And then Gaethje went in. He beat Tony. And he presents... A lot of different issues. Now, I will go and I will say that I think Khabib will win that fight. Um, only because many have tried and all have failed. But uh, the footwork, it's a real problem. It's a real problem, man. Um, Gaethje's like a Dominic Cruz. In a way, and that uh, he circles out. He doesn't put his back against the cage. He just keeps circling out. It was the same thing with uh, Dominic Cruz, where Dominic Cruz really fucked up was that he stopped cutting those 45 degree angles, got stuck up against the cage, and then he ended up getting fucking caught, right? But that's something that Gaethje does. Gaethje goes and he cuts those 45s in the middle of the cage and he doesn't put his back against the cage. If Gaethje can keep his back off the cage, that's a real fucking problem. We saw with Ally Quinta. Um, he stayed near the center of the octagon, um, especially like the last three rounds. And Khabib was having a real hard time until he tired out uh, Al um, towards the end. I mean, he got his takedowns, but Al's takedown defense is nowhere near where Gaethje is. So I think that that's a really, really interesting fight. I think that, um, especially with the upright style 
the gait he has, he's very upright from his hips up. Um, he ducks a little bit, but his hips are really, really centered, so he's really hard to take down. Um, so I think that's a really, really amazing fight. Um, now, again, I'm going to tell you right now that I think Khabib wins that fight. Just off paper, um, he's really hard to stop. He's he just grinds through. He tires everybody else out. But I think Gaethje, legitimately, because of his upright stance, he can move backwards and throw power punches. And I think that's going to be a real issue for Khabib. So I think that fight is, oh man, it's. It's fucking amazing. Um, another really cool fight. Um, sorry, I'm diving deep in the UFC. Is DC versus Miocic. Um, you know, DC. Where he fucked up is that he was really worried about his cardio and he was trying to save his cardio so he stayed up on his feet um he starts he stopped shooting in um dc's got amazing head movement um great power punches um that comes out he's very quick um he dutches a lot he ducks a lot of punches miocic is a quick punching um, doesn't really load up per se, um, good footwork. I think that this is the fight for DC to lose. If, um, if DC comes in and he includes wrestling, um, and he goes back to that slick striking that he did against, um, Miocic the first time they fought. And he included it in a second John Jones fight. Um, John Jones just threw a kick. And, you know, you got to go and you got to lean one way. And fucking Jones caught him on the way in. Um, I think this is going to be a great fight. It's going to be incredible. It really is. Everybody's focusing on the body work. Um, I don't think the body work is going to be... As big of an issue, I think that DC is gonna try to use a little more range, try to include a little more striking, and I don't think that those body punches are gonna be as big, quote unquote, of deals they were. Um, I think it's a great fight, I think it's incredible. Um, yeah, and then there's conversation of the Costa um, Adesanya fight. Um, Adesanya is a he's a beast, you know. But everybody's too quick to jump up and say that he's the next Anderson Silva. He's not. The thing with Anderson is that he close in and out of distance, keep his shin down, and use elbow shields and different techniques in order to make sure that he didn't get caught on the way in or out 
Now, why do I bring that up? Adesanya has his chin up. When he comes in or he comes out, Adesanya does not like getting hit, which is weird, man, because he's, you know, he's a kickboxer. He's done it for years, but he does not like getting hit. So when he exits, a lot of times when he exits, he exits with his chin up. He's going to get caught. He's going to get caught. I see uh, Adesanya losing his title. I really do. Casa uh, is a big old motherfucker, man. Throws hard. Um, has a lot of power. Um, if he goes in, if he commits. Um, we saw Yoel. Yoel didn't commit. Um, Yoel was all about counter-striking and it bit him in the ass but if Costa goes in if he commits um I think he's gonna put Adesanya's lights out I see Costa as a knockout winner I really do um and we have Holloway um trying to reclaim his title um Man, that's a 50, like a 50 50 fight if I ever saw one. Um, I don't know if Holloway did enough. Um, when I fought, when I watched the fight, one of the weird things was Holloway is known for switching stances on a consistent basis. Um, I looked at Holloway as the second best. Um, Switching stance fighters that I've ever seen. Number one was Dominic Cruz. I mean, that dude would just switch softball to orthodox uh, mid-combinations. It was ridiculous. But Holloway was a really, 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 really close second. And when they fought, um, Holloway stepped away from it. Um he stayed in orthodox, 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 and then he would start a, um, a round in softball and he would stay in it. He just didn't have the swivel of back and forth. Um, I don't know if it was the leg kicks. I don't know if it was the stance and he was just reading the angles and it just wasn't there. But whatever the case may be, um, that's why Holloway lost that fight. So unless he can figure out how to implement him switching those stances and turning those angles, um, I see a really uphill battle for, um, for Holloway. And then we have Jan versus... Jose Aldo, this is the last topic I'm going to talk about. Um, I'm pretty sure everybody's tired of hearing me anyway. Um, that's a great fight. It's such a great fight. So, Jose Aldo. Uh, what was it? Five. It was five plus years ago, Jose Aldo started training with the Brazilian boxing team. You fell in love with throwing hands. And Jose Aldo 
of old with throwing leg kicks and charting corners and dodging in and out and mixing punches and kicks and his leg kicks were heavy as fuck um it went away he fell in love with his hands here's my thing about this fight jose aldo can win this fight absolutely absolutely i'll throw money on it if one thing happens aldo goes back to leg kicks if he tries to outbox Jan, it's done. Jan will win this fight. He's a better boxer. He's crisper. He's faster. Um, he leans out of the way of punches and leans into punches on a return. Um, the way that he throws his strikes, regardless of range, um, he's got a he's got this great great calculation. Of what the range is. You know. If Aldo. Doesn't throw kicks. Doesn't slow this kid down. And he has to do it early. We're talking. First 30 seconds of the fight man. You throw that fucking leg kick. Make him think about it. If he doesn't do that. Aldo's going to lose. You'll know. He'll gas. Aldo's never been known for a gas tank. He's always been a sprinter. That's a skill. But if he doesn't if he doesn't make him think about different levels and about those leg strikes that are gonna slow down his opponent, so Jan cannot lead or lean onto his leg to project power. If that happens Aldo's going to walk away, man. He's going to walk away a champ. Easy. Easy. It's going to be a decision. He's not going to finish Jan. Don't get me wrong. I think Jan is a super, super, super tough guy. Right? So it's going to go through. It's going to go through five rounds. Um, Aldo's going to win three. And he's going to walk off. And that's the way it is. If Aldo does not throw leg kicks... It's going to be a finished fight. Aldo's going to get knocked out. And that's the truth. So, that's my opinion. Um, hopefully this week I'm going to have some friends over. Um, jump on this podcast. We'll talk a little bit about like, uh, video games, MMA, boxing. Um, we'll talk about the shit that's going on in the world. And we'll... Uh, We'll figure all that out. Um, like I said, I mean, it's Father's Day. Uh, I forgot that it was Father's Day. When, because we were scheduling, I was going to record two podcasts today, but I forgot it was Father's Day. So, happy Father's Day to everyone, um, all the dads. And, um, yeah, just keep listening. Um, can just keep putting out my thoughts. Again, it's it's not about being anything. It's not about, you know, being cool or whatever. It's just, this is my therapy. And uh, this is what I'm going to keep doing. So, hopefully y'all listen in. Um, hopefully you get something out of it. And um, if you disagree, hit me up and hop on here, man. We'll have a conversation. It'll be great.
All right. Peace.